Welcome. I am Charles Musgrove, your host of Answers That Count. New name, same show with great content. We're going to add a, add a little bit of a few different twists in the future, but we, we try to provide great content. We try to provide the subject matter experts that have the information to help you run your business better. And go check us out. We are at, you can check us out on AnswersThatCount.com. If you've got any questions, send them to C. Musgrove at AnswersThatCount.com. If you've got a show topic, we'll be uh, we'll do our best to get that on on in the future. So uh, we've got all of our our YouTube videos out there. Look for us at Answers That Count. We have a lot of great YouTube videos. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio. So we've got all of our shows. They're out there on the the most popular uh, podcast platforms. You'll find us there. And today we've got Tim Fitzpatrick. Tim, welcome to the show. It's going to be a great show, and today we are talking all things marketing. How what a what a small business should do with their marketing plan. And uh, Tim, thank you for joining us. Tim is is uh, from parts near Denver, Colorado. So you're about 35 miles south. Is that correct from Denver? So uh, good. You are. We're about 90 degrees here in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, today we actually have a little bit less humidity, but we were we were already getting into the summertime heat in Tallahassee. What's it like there in Colorado? You know what? We're today we're I think we're in the mid eighties, but uh, our humidity. Yeah. What's it get about twenty percent? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that makes a difference. You can actually sit outside and not uh, perspire or sweat. Sweat, as I like to say, right? Yeah. Not not here. If you uh, if you walk from your house to the car, if it's parked outside, you're gonna you're gonna start to have some uh, beads of sweat on your forehead pretty quickly. Well, good. Uh, you know the format. I think I've talked talk, talked to you about this in the in the pre-show. So what we will do is we'll have a well, I call this the pre-show. So we actually record a segment of this for radio broadcasting. So this is a record part of this show will be. Uh, put on the airwaves, it'll be uh, a radio, thirty-minute radio program. Uh, but we'll do let's let's set up the show in what I call the pre-show, and and a lot of times we'll have so much content that we have to carry that to the post-show. So those that are that are watching on YouTube or listening on podcasts, just just stay with us. This show may last uh, forty-five or fifty minutes. Uh, who knows if we got a lot of content? It, it'll uh, we won't go over an hour, but. There, there'll be a lot of good information that we try to provide to you today. And uh, Tim, the, the marketing, the marketing part of a business is—I've uh, heard it described—that's one of the the third, the third wheels or the the third legs to a stool, right? Of a of a successful business, you got to have the back office, you got to have the production, and you got to be able to sell it. So, yeah. you know that that's one of the key components of running a successful business is having. The ability, the having a a an effective marketing plan or program. Yeah, I've had uh, somebody a lot wiser than I in the past said, 
you can you can reduce your marketing cost by 50% because only 50% it's only 50% effective but you don't know what what 50% to cut out so uh you you're kind of you, you're kind of stuck at at a at a spending level that a lot of times it is hard to match I'm spending this dollar I'm going to get this benefit yeah, you, I mean, you should be getting a That's right. Especially now, right, with the downturn that we're experiencing, you know, marketing oftentimes is one of the first things people look at cutting, and I think it's one of the worst things that you can cut right now because most of your competitors are looking at that, doing the same thing. To me, now is the opportunity to continue to invest. Your marketing will give you a return, and it will put you in a position to be – much better off than your competitors as we move through this. Yeah, I would agree. You know, there's so many there's so many things we can talk about because uh, the how you spend the marketing dollars has changed dramatically in the last I would say even five years. You know, you used to look at magazines and print medium, and now that that is that is so expensive, and there's a lot there's a lot more economical um, ways to get the message out that that weren't available in the past. So I think that would be something. Uh, something to to touch on in the show is is uh, how that's changed and just how to allocate your what the recommendation or is is there a blueprint for an allocation of how you spend your marketing dollars and marketing we're, we're using that very broad because business development marketing uh it probably makes sense for us to kind of define what that is what are we talking about on the on the income statement even though marketing is an investment we we can't put that on the on, on the balance sheet at least in most cases there may be some some circumstances we can, but we still have to expense that. So, from a from a debits and credit standpoint, we got to expense it. So, uh, let's let's kind of narrow down what we're talking about when we say marketing, or is that even the right word to call it? I like that. And the job of our marketing is to get people to that point where they're ready to take the next step. So that when it's time to hand off from marketing to sales, you're handing off a warm person who's ready to have a conversation about how you can help them solve the problem that they have. Right. Tim, let's mention right now the uh, the name of your company is Rialto Marketing. Rialto Marketing. That's R-I-A-L-T-O. And... and People can find you at what URL? Do you, do you go off of a website or is uh, Facebook the, your best avenue or what's the best? Website's the best place, which is RialtoMarketing.com. And from there, you can find all of our information online. Good. You can go anywhere from there. Good. So give us a little bit of um, background on your history and what, what, the, what the niche is for your company right now. Oh yeah. I started Rialto Marketing 
jobs into the school market, K-12 education market. And, you know, like, like a lot of businesses, I got to a point where I needed to, to shift and, and pivot because I realized that my income was heavily dependent on the policies of Apple and Google. Right. And I also realized that I wasn't quite sure I wanted to be in the education space long term. And so that's when I shifted and we got much more involved in more comprehensive marketing solutions for small businesses. So, you know, since then, I like to tell people we help small businesses and entrepreneurs eliminate the confusion of marketing. You know, and we do that by helping them put in place and manage a simple plan so that they can grow. You know, what makes us different than a lot of marketing providers is we focused on the fundamentals first. You've got to have the fundamentals are so, so important. They, have, they don't change. Mm-hmm. They don't change no matter what you're doing, whether you're trying to hit a baseball or market. They're all the same. But most people skip the fundamentals, and you can't have long-term marketing success without having the fundamentals in place first. So we focus on the fundamentals first, then we get involved in the more tactical elements and help people manage their what they're doing on a monthly basis. I like that. So let's let's do the uh, – if it's not a – a, a real long list. Let's go through those fundamentals once we start doing the, the show recording. I think that'll be very helpful. And then uh, differentiate those fundamentals and, and go into the tactical. So you said once the found fundamentals are, are in place, then you move into an execution. It's probably another word for the tacticals. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's more, you can start, then you can start to focus on the little things that you're going to do each and every day. Right. Continue to grow your marketing. Perfect. And also, let's let's save a, since I'm an accountant, CPA. Let's save a little bit of space in our discussion to talk about: uh, Is there for different different industries? Would there be uh, target dollars that should be spent or used in the marketing effort? I don't know if that's something that that you normally advise people on. Um, heck, it's it's. Uh, Marketing a lot of times can be fun, so it's uh, you know it takes a it's it's a different process, it's a different skill set than what obviously what accounting is. It's, it's usually the other side of the brain. So uh, you, you, if if the, if you if you didn't have barriers or I guess sideboards to keep you constrained on the marketing side, you could just go crazy and you could spend a ton of money on marketing because it's probably a lot more fun than accounting, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's probably a point of no, of diminishing returns. Right. I I totally agree with that, but there's got to be a point of diminishing returns. Yeah. Good. Is that part of the fundamentals is to have that measurement in place? Yes, yes, it is. Good. Um, yeah, when we get into that, I can tell you, I mean, when we look at a marketing plan, that's one of the things that we want in that marketing plan is the metrics. Good, good. So that you can have an idea of, hey, is the stuff that I'm doing actually working? 
Good. Well, let's um, – there's probably another couple of things. One of the other things that, that we can talk about is – and this will be crystal ball. You know, we're, we're hopefully coming out of this COVID lockdown and, and the states and the communities are starting to open back up. I'd like to get your prediction on what that looks like. You know, is it going to be the, the hockey stick reversal? Is it going to be the check mark? Is, you know, what's it going to be? And the different industries that are going to be impacted differently as well. I don't think it's as easy as it's going to come back in three months. I think you've got different industries are going to come back differently and probably even in different communities and states. Right. Serving as well. You know, I've talked to plenty of people that are in the same industries, and some are doing really well, and some aren't. And it's it's all a, a byproduct of the of the market that they're serving. Right. All right. Well, good. Let's do that, and we will take everybody. Stay with us on YouTube and podcast. We're going to transition over to recording for the radio show. So stick with us, and we're going to be right back. We're not leaving. Welcome to Answers That Count. If you own a business, you can count on us to give you the answers you need to succeed in all aspects of your business. And now, here's your host, Charles Musgrove. Hello all out there. This is Charles Musgrove, your host of Answers That Count. Welcome back. It seems like it's been a long time since we've been in the studio, but it's only been a week, so uh, glad to be back on the air and recording another show. You know what we do. We provide those nuggets of knowledge for the business owner, for the entrepreneur, for the person running the business. So we've got a little bit of a different name. It used to be Business Matters, so now we are going by Answers That Count. So look for us at AnswersThatCount.com. You'll see all of our past shows there. We're on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on all the other uh, podcast platforms out there. And today we have Tim Fitzpatrick from Colorado, 35 miles south of Denver, He's joining us via Zoom call. So welcome, Tim Fitzpatrick, to the Answers That Count podcast. Man, it's going to be a great show. We are talking all things marketing today. So what the small business owner, what the entrepreneur, you know, what should they do in their marketing plan? How, what should it look like? How should they deploy assets? How should, should we look at it as an investment, as an expense? There's just so many things that we want to talk about that – I think can really be helpful to the business owner because everybody they they know they have to spend money on a on a marketing effort or a marketing plan or or something they have to do something in the marketing aspect they just know that inherently if they run a business if they own a business but a lot of people just throw money at it and there's not a there's not a comprehensive or cohesive plan on how to spend it or how to measure the results of it yeah, so that, so we're we're in your space. So we we're going to look for some great information from you. All of us business owners and entrepreneurs out here, we kind of like to do the marketing part, but it's it's always a quandary. You know, what what should we do? How much should we spend on it? What should it look like? What kind of what kind of results should we expect from the dollars that we put into it? So let's kind of go through that. I know that in the pre-show, you talked about the fundamentals. So let's make sure the fundamentals are in place. So what what are the fundamentals of a marketing plan? Yeah. 
gentle with it is you've got to have the fundamentals in place first. The fundamentals lay the foundation that you can build the rest of your house from. What, what we see a lot of times happen with businesses is they're not sure, they're guessing, right? They're throwing stuff up against the wall hoping that it sticks. And inevitably it doesn't, and they wonder why it's not working. Most of the time you can trace back marketing problems to the fundamentals. The way I look at the fundamentals is I call them the marketing strategy trilogy. I like that. That sounds com- that sounds very good. <laughs> your target market is. Second, you've got to have really good messaging, and then you've got to have a plan that you can follow. So if we, want to, if we dig into each one of those just a little bit more, right, your target market is who are your ideal clients, who are the people that you serve well, that you do the best work for, that are profitable, that refer you business, you need to understand who your ideal clients are because if you try to reach everyone, you reach no one. True. So you first got to understand who you're trying to reach. Um, most businesses have anywhere from one to three ideal client types. It's totally okay. If you've got more than that, I think it can be hard to focus, right? You've got you've to keep it as simple as possible. I love to keep things to their simplest form. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that is, that is so true, especially with with uh, service companies. I mean, in your business and in my business, we probably just know what our the profile of the of the best client is. So we know what that is. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, sometimes it's demographics. And when people look at target market and their ideal clients, a lot of people think really deep into the demographics, which is okay, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think what's even more important is the psychographics. How are they, how are they feeling? You know, what situation are they in? How are they making decisions, right? Because that really helps you get into their head and how they're, how you can engage them best, right? So the demographics, yes, they're important, but the psychographics are really important as well. Um, you know, and I like to tell people, look, you can, you can go into the weeds on ideal client profiles and, you know, people call them ideal client profiles or buyer personas or customer avatars. They're all the same thing. You can go as deep as you want. Initially, if, especially if you're doing it just yourself, I, I recommend people start small. You know, have, maybe you're going to have some basic demographic info and then just understand what are the problems that your ideal clients have and how can you uniquely solve them. Even if you just start with a paragraph or two of who that ideal client is, at least you have a general picture and a general idea of who you're trying to attract. Now, would you, when you're doing this, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think objectively and think, okay, I'm gonna call the ideal client someone that is beyond we enjoy working with them, but they're a profitable client. We can, Absolutely. we can meet their expectations. We make money. They're happy. We're happy working with them. So that those are kind of the just objectively, and so you've got the objective. You can look at the numbers and see if, if a client is profitable or not, the client type. And then the other part is, is uh, may go into your, your psycho part where you, was it, did they enjoy it or they, did they get satisfaction working from us and did we enjoy working with them? Exactly. Right? Just because a client's profitable doesn't mean that they're an ideal client. If you don't do great work for them and get good results, you're, in, you're not going to be able to attract more of those people, right? So I agree, yeah. We want profitable clients that we do our best work for, that we enjoy working with. Those 
inevitably patterns start to show up, you know, and, and then typically you can put those those that one group of ideal clients into maybe one, two, or three ideal client profiles. Right. Then then once you have that once you have that measured or if you can reduce that down to some objective num um, criteria, then you can then you can go target those clients for future for future clients. Yeah, absolutely. And when you you know once you've identified those clients, we always recommend people interview them. Sit down and talk to five, ten, fifteen of those clients, and really dig in and start asking them, you know, the pertinent questions. You know, it's a, how did you find us? What problems did you have when you first started working with us? You know, how did what did you like about working with us? What makes us different from other people? You know, how can we do things better? Just, again, all you're doing is trying to ask questions to help get in their head so that you can understand who they are as a person. Right. You know, and oftentimes, right, as businesses, we have a really hard time sometimes communicating our unique value in the marketplace. And when we sit down and talk to our customers about it, they, oftentimes they make it so easy because they can actually communicate our value proposition so much better than we can. Interesting, interesting. It's really eye-opening sometimes because we, as business owners, we oftentimes we can't see the forest through the trees. Yeah, I like that. That's uh, so. What, that that's number one is identifying identifying your your client target. So where do you put that? That's true. It's about them. Right. Right. You're always going to go back to that playbook. Whenever you need to create messaging, you're not creating it from the fly. You're going back to this playbook where you've got all these messaging elements that you can use. So what is... And it helps position your customer as the hero in the story, and you are the guy. Your, your business is the guy that is going to help them get from where they are to where they want to be. I like it. So what is the... So once you have this the proper message, so you've created the message in, in that doing it that process so once you have the message then you have to the message has to be delivered and it has to be delivered consistently so you have to get the message to the people that are interfacing with with the your client base or your target client base and everywhere else your website i would think and everything outward facing 
you have to be delivering that same message. Plus, it's another seven. You got to start over. <laughs> right. Wow. So if somebody lands on your website and they, you know, they've got, you've got that main image on your website and they read the messaging that you have there, if they don't understand immediately, you know, what you do and how you can help them. They're off. They're yeah. We're so impatient. All right. And so that, I don't know if that's a nugget or not, but you just told us we have the attention span of a goldfish or less. <laughs> <clears throat> I won't be insulted by that. That's just the, that's a fact, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So that that is that takes us to two of the three. So we've got our target client, our profile, the correct messaging, and so what's number three? Right. It's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Right. Good. So your plan is pretty detailed. So that plan is. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. Why, you know, these people that put together a 
marketing plan that's 20 pages and we spend thousands of dollars, it goes in a drawer. Right. You know, most of the time. It's like a business plan. But now, so, let's also, you, you mentioned... You mentioned one thing there too. You mentioned one thing there also is that those those long range marketing plans. The more pages you put in that marketing plan, the more expensive it is. Not just for the paper that it's printed on, but the but the brain power to go into it and the time the time commitment. So I'm I get that that in ninety days you need to revisit that. Now it's not it doesn't mean you're going to totally revamp it, but you modify it. Interesting. So when we look at a 90-day marketing plan, again, I like to keep it simple. you got six steps. First is your target market, right? So who are my ideal clients? Second, you're looking at what's the goal for my, for my marketing over the next 90 days. Would that be the goal be the increase in sales or increase in customers or dollar? So it could be anything. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something measurable. Good. Yeah, you outside of your control. control, right? I don't care if I did everything right; that may have just sunk my business already. Right. So I think it's important to have that outcome-based goal, but I also think it's important to not get too caught up in it. I think it's more important to focus on the action steps that you can take within the in the plan to help you get to that goal. Right. A question there. So listen, and this is real real world stuff. So. Not that we have a COVID every year or every three years. Let's hope it's a once in a lifetime deal. But, but the, at some point during that COVID lockdown, you would have gone to your marketing plan and revised that. Yeah, potentially, depending on how it was impacting my business, right? Mm hmm. Right. So we had to shift that a little bit. Was it a huge shift? No, we just shifted to, to more online-based training, speaking opportunities rather than in person. But it was still a shift that we had to make. Yeah. You know, and it was still something that we had to be cognizant of. I mean, there's a lot of people that run into roadblocks and they just they just stop. You know, one one thing that uh that you meant one 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 item that you're bringing to to the attention is uh, the travel. And how the people meeting in person change dramatically. And the question is, will that or will that go back to what it was before? And I've seen this in the legal community, for one, dealing with with attorneys, dealing with uh, the court system. 
they're they you know you, when you did a mediation in the past everybody would meet in the same room split up and and it would be an in-person meet those are all done through zoom calls now so the mediators are very sophisticated in how they do the private uh chat rooms and the the group meet rooms i mean it it's uh it's really evolved that the court system so that's part of the court system but that's changed as well it's made it m- much more efficient i was i was uh did a podcast with a with a with an attorney about a month ago and they used to this was the managing partner of the firm he used to travel all over the united states and his travel costs for all of his partners it was it was some crazy amount every month and he said i mean it was like a four to five hundred thousand dollar a month type of cost that they have like cut that to next to nothing and it's not that they aren't getting the work done they've just changed their delivery method so now they're doing zoom calls Right. And we can get, frankly, we can get so much more work. Done. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, have I ever met you face-to-face in person? No, I haven't, Charles, but we've talked multiple times. I feel like I'm getting to know you despite the fact that we have never sat down face-to-face. I, I agree with you. And, the, you know, it's not just uh, the dollar and cents of that travel cost that you pay for the airline, you pay for the, the hotel room, but it's the the cost of your time as well. So it makes – it's funny, the attorney I was talking to, is, it's like his quality of life has increased dramatically. So he's not spending all those days out on the road in a hotel room. He's back at home doing much more business and a much happier he's, – he's a much happier person doing it. All right, so I, I, I did a sidetrack there. So I think you've made it through two of those of the six. Good. When I talk about resources, I mean, you know, staff, how much time can your staff take to execute on your marketing plan? Because this is a really important element of a plan because if it's just me and I've got no marketing budget and only my time, that's going to impact the number of things that I can focus on on my marketing plan. That's not to say that it's wrong. Right? There's no right or wrong here. It's just I need to understand what resources I have so that I can determine how much I can put in my plan and focus on it. Right. So how much money do I have to invest and how much staff and resources do I have? Is there, is there a, a, no right or wrong answer from a, from a money and investment standpoint? You know, depending on the business, I've heard numbers where they say, you know, hey, you should – you should invest anywhere from 5 to 10% of your top-line revenue in marketing. Um, I don't really know if that's a hard and fast rule. I mean, I think you could use that as a good place to start. But how much you invest really does depend on how much, what kind of return you're getting and what it's doing for you. Right. You know, because if you can continue to get a good, solid return on it. You're going to keep doing it. Right. Well, how to adjust that? I have seen uh, those are numbers that 
that seem reasonable. And I've seen uh, restaurant franchises that they're anywhere from 3 to 8% just on what they have to pay for the the corporate marketing. So you're probably, you know, five to 10% that's in the ballpark. And that, that is a wide range, uh, depending on the industry and the, the amount of revenue that you're talking about and the, what the profitability is for that, for that business as well. So, but that, that does give you kind of a, a thumb in the air to, to say, okay, either I'm, I'm in that, that range or I'm not. Yeah. Now I don't, how many other items are on the list? Because I want to, I want to go through the types of, Okay, go ahead. Good. We've got uh, we've got a few more minutes left in the show, so what we'll what we don't get covered here, let's let's do a good job covering those three because I want to hit some other topics that we'll do in the post show. Right. There's content marketing. There is SEO or search engine optimization. Right. Social media, email marketing, online advertising or pay-per-click advertising, and then offline marketing. When I look at offline, I'm talking about speaking in person, networking. If you're in a BNI group, you're doing direct mail. That type of stuff is offline. All we want to do in this current marketing plan section is just make note of what are we doing in these channels? And if it's nothing, then it's nothing. But you've got to understand where you currently are to figure out where you want to go. It's like a GPS. Right. A GPS can't tell you how to get to the airport if you don't tell it where, it's, where you're starting. Got it. And that next step is what are you going to focus on in the next 90 days in each channel? You're probably not going to focus on all those channels at once. Again, that really depends on how much money you have and the resources you have to support the plan. But all you want to do is outline what you're going to do for the next 90 days. And then the last thing is your metrics. What metrics are we going to track attract, or track to help us determine whether is what we're doing working or is it not? And when I look at metrics, again, don't you can get bogged down in the numbers. I mean, I was a math major. I'm very analytical. Don't go into the weeds on this. Keep it to, you know, one or two metrics per channel. Mm-hmm. So if I'm on my website, what metrics am I going to look at? And just keep it simple. Those are the metrics you're going to look at, and then you're going to look at how close did we get to our goal? Did we reach our goal? Did we pass it? And at the end of the 90 days, you're going to figure out, hey, what worked, what didn't? And then you're just, your next marketing plan really is going to be more of a course correction for the next 90 days. It's tweaking what you already did. Man, that that is uh, that's a solid plan, and I I love how you time that out. We went through the entire list, and we're at the end of the show. So, Tim, I want to thank you for joining us, and I want you to stick around for the for those that are uh, listening on the podcast. If you're listening to the radio, go check us out on the podcast or YouTube because we're going to have some more information. Tim's going to stick around. You've been listening to Answers That Count. I am Charles Musgrove. Thank you so much for joining us. Check us out every week. 11.30 a.m. on Real Talk 93.3. We're also on all the podcast channels, YouTube, and AnswersThatCount.com. Check us out. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Have a great week. Peace. 
Answers That Count is brought to you by the Bean Team. For all your business accounting needs, visit beanteam.com for more info. You can listen to more episodes of Answers That Count on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Or visit AnswersThatCount.com. All right, Tim. So let's uh, – that was awesome. That was very good. So, you know, the – the part that you went through there at the end, where do you put that, where you're going to focus? So you've got, um, you've got all those channels. You've got a website. You've got all the social media platforms. So you've got the Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, LinkedIn. You've got YouTube. I mean, there's so many out there. Uh, what is, how do you prioritize that? So let's say you don't, Let's say you don't have anything. So if you had zero new company, where what would be what would be your one highest priority down to your lowest? So after the, the fundamentals, right? Right. After your target market, after your messaging, the next most important marketing asset you have is your website. Okay. Yeah. And if you have a lousy website that looks like it was built in 1980, um, you know. People are going to move on. You are losing referral business and you don't even know it because they go to your website and they go, oh my God, uh, this website's awful. What if I, I'm not going to work with this person and they leave. Right. So your website has to be good. Everything you do from a marketing perspective is going to drive people back to it. So that's your next step. So if they're. If they're Now, there's a... What is the... Because you can spend a lot of money on that. You can get those uh, marketing, those email platforms that are intelligent, that do help you do the follow-up. Do you, do you recommend doing uh, an e- um, email marketing platform like MailChimp or some of those? All right. Now, what is the? Are you using that to send out a newsletter? Yeah, they are. 
are are you sending a newsletter in these email campaigns or what's some of the content that you're going to send out? Right. You can very easily sell what I call subtly through your communications and you know, it works, it's effective. You just wanna you know, whatever you do, you wanna make sure you're communicating and adding value to your market and you know, not just being a pest. Okay. I like to keep things simple when it comes to email, but we don't use a lot of graphics, you know. There's a place for that, right? If you're in e-commerce and you're selling clothing and that kind of stuff, and maybe it makes sense, but a lot of marketers are going back to just simple, you know, a lot of our email messages look more like they came from a Gmail inbox. Hmm. Just simple text then. Because it's, it just seems more personal. Right, right. All right, so we've got a website, the email marketing campaign. I think that's good, and that's something that, that I have really often ignored or not not invested in the email marketing campaign so i think that's a that's a very that's a good takeaway on that so you've got the your your website it, where does the the adwords the the if you want to pay for google adwords where does that come into is that next or where does that fall in on the list on spending money Right. Um, so it can be a great way to start bringing in leads more immediately while you're focused on other marketing tactics and channels that may take a lot longer to start producing results. Mm-hmm. You know, because, the, you know, the realistic way, I mean, if somebody says to you, hey, I'm going to start doing your marketing and, you know, you're going to generate a gazillion leads, you know, in the first 30 days, they're probably blowing smoke, you know, because it's marketing – most marketing channels take time. Well, the other thing is it's a... Even if you're working on referrals, right, it takes time to develop relationships with partners who can refer you business. Most people don't meet you and go, oh, hey, cool. Yeah, Tim, I like the one conversation we had. I'll, I'll start sending you all the clients that I can. Yeah. And, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and a lot of the... So, a lot of those just... Right. So, okay. So, what is what's next on the list if we're going down the list? And you may not even put AdWords next. I may have jumped the gun on that. Hmm. Super low-hanging fruit, 
most people don't take the time to, to focus on. But guess what? We all make buying decisions based on reviews. That is true. And if somebody goes online and they find us and we don't have any reviews and our competitors do, it is going to be very challenging for us to get that business. So I would focus on online reviews. Again, it doesn't have to be expensive or difficult to do. The best way to get reviews is to put a process in your system, right, in, in your in your particular process to just, hey, when should we be requesting reviews? Mm-hmm. How do we request reviews? And how do we make it as easy as possible for people to leave us a review? So, you know, how you do that is going to depend on how you interact with people, right? In a restaurant, well, you know, oftentimes you're not getting an email address. So maybe you've got a request to leave a review on your receipts or there's point of sale material that makes it easy for people to leave a review for you. But you want to be able to send them right to your Google My Business profile. Right. Or right to your Yelp link or your Facebook profile. Don't make them search for it. Right. You know, if you're a, a plumber and you're getting customer names, email, well... Send it to them. Request it via email. Right. But you just have to consistently ask, because most people aren't going to leave reviews unless you prompt them to, and make sure that they don't have to jump through hurdles. If you expect them, if you say, hey, please leave us a review, and you don't tell them where to go, they're not going to leave a review. True. Make it easy. Tell them exactly where they need to go, and there's a higher likelihood that they are going to leave that review. And the last thing that you want to do is you want to respond to your reviews. Most companies do not respond to their reviews, positive or negative. If you respond to your reviews, you're showing that you're proactive, you care about your customers, and guess what? If you if you got a bad review, hey, none of us are perfect. But if you respond to that bad review and just say, hey, I'm so sorry, we fell short, we tried, you know, for 100% satisfaction, but we're human, Please reach out to us here. You know, leave an email, leave a phone number to take that offline. Good. That's all people care about. Yeah. How many of us have had an experience where we dealt with somebody and then it was lousy, we complained, and then it's crickets? Oh, yeah, yeah. They took my money. They don't care anymore. That's really all you want. That, that's right. That's what people want. That's that is good. Uh, that's good advice because you're right. It, whether you're leaving a bad review online or whether you're having an experience in a restaurant, that's really what you want. Is you want the manager or even better the owner to say, "I hear you. You're right. We didn't do the best we could have done. We're going to do better the next time." Thank you for coming. Please come back and give us another try. That's really what you want. I mean, it's you can't really fix it if it's already bad, but you can you can acknowledge that and try to do better the next time and let them know that. If, if you're worried about bad reviews, if you're getting too many bad reviews, you got a process problem. True. That's true. Yeah. That's true. All right, before I let you go, 
you have to tell us the story behind the name of your firm. Always, that has to be the first and most important. What do bridges do? Bridges help people get from where they are to where they want to be. Right. And that's the way I look at marketing. You know, people want to grow their business. They're not sure how to do it. They're confused about what I need to do to get from here to there. And that's how I look at what we do. What we do with marketing is help businesses get from where they currently are to where they want to be. So, Awesome. I love it. Tim, that's a great way to close out the show. You've been listening. You've been watching Tim Fitzpatrick with Rialto Marketing. He's gone through a lot of stuff for us today, a lot of good nuggets out there that you left us, Tim. I'm going to go back and rewatch this. I'm going to make some notes on it because there's so much good information out there I can apply to my business, and I'm sure that most any business out there, whether they're an owner, an entrepreneur, a manager, they can use some nuggets out of this show to help them do the marketing part of their business better. It's one of the three legs in a successful business. So make sure that you pay attention to it, that you do it right. And on the accounting side, you use objective measurements so that you can determine if it's successful or if it's not, what you need to modify, adapt, and keep going. So thank you so much, Tim. It's been a pleasure to uh, have you on the show today. I look forward to uh, getting you back on future shows. So thank you so much and have a great day. We're going to sign off. Peace. Answers That Count is brought to you by the Bean Team. For all your business accounting needs, visit beanteam.com for more info. You can listen to more episodes of Answers That Count on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Or visit answersthatcount.com. 